Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 374. 374. I know. We're closing in. 375 is next week. And then in 25 weeks, <laughs> episode 400. And then that's it. We're done. <laughs> no, you don't say that. You just do a walk-off mm. where go go uh, go dark on social media. It's like, what happened to the infamous They're podcast? Done. What happened? No, you know, you know what you do is you go dark at episode 399 and just leave everybody so unsatisfied. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. We have a big, big, big announcement next week. <laughs> Stay tuned. We have a huge <laughs> announcement for episode 400. <laughs> and it never... Did they die? What happened to them? Did they get Clinton in a tree? Oh my god. Did I you hear about that? that? Guy. The guy he hung hung himself but died of a gunshot wound in the chest. And there was no yeah. gun anywhere to be found. Next thing you know, this guy guy died by suicide. He stabbed himself in the back thirty six <laughs> times. What was the the one guy he he shot himself in the back of the head twice? <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway. Uh, welcome to the show. So uh, we're talking, obviously, Last of Us again this week. We've got some Hogwarts Legacy news, some Ant-Man news, and um, Lord of the Grown. Um, but I decided to call this episode Tommy's New Family Makes Joel Sad, because <laughs> that was pretty much the overwhelming theme of this week's episode. Man, is Joel's sadness, right? Yeah. So we'll get more on that, but... Um, Hey, but no flashbacks. Just saying. Yes. Yeah. Until well, we we know what's coming. But well, the, that next yeah, the next episode is all flashbacks. So anyway, um, all right. So we are going to hop right into it with the the big new the news of the day. Right. This is uh this is stuff that broke today. Not all of it, but this is what broke today. Hogwarts Legacy earns $850 million in its first two weeks, selling more than 12 million units. That's a unit right there. Well, but here's the thing though, is it's only out on the on Xbox and PlayStation 5. Yeah. Uh Xbox S, is that what it is? Um, yeah, Series S, I believe. Yeah, so it says Series X slash S. So um, it's not even coming out for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and Nintendo Switch so until April 4th. Yeah, so I see I see a lot of Nintendo Switch because, again, that's the the biggest selling console, or it's not next layer console, but Nintendo Switch will, it's going to, mm -hmm. the sales for the Nintendo Switch, I think, are going to, going to be very impressive for this game so okay so i'm um, sorry that's for the deluxe edition the standard edition doesn't come out until july 25th for the playstation mm -hmm. or for the switch um so here's the thing if you have like the the switch like the good switch the newest one i think this game would look fantastic even on handheld i have a switch light i would not play this game on the switch light mm-hmm not 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 even a little bit not even at all yeah well i i would have that's one of the things that i've kind of haven't gotten well i don't have a switch 
but Jess has a Switch. Yeah. And I've been thinking about getting Breath of the Wild, but I don't want to just play it on the small screen. I mean, yeah. there are ways to get it on, you know, get it. But yeah, so I, you I can just... get the like you can get like the the bigger like Switch console. Right. And, and honestly, that one had that one been out, I probably would have got that instead of the Switch Lite. Um, even just because I got it because I was traveling so much and I was spent, I was doing like fourteen hour plane rides. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so it, you know, this is exciting. I, I think this is cool. Um, it's just more money in in J.K. Rowling's pocket, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So it says but, here it's um, additionally there's been an increase in global franchise fan fan engagement overall. The Wizarding World of Dig- Wizarding Wizard. <laughs> Words are hard. Wizarding World Digital garnered 300% higher traffic over normal monthly unique visitors um, for the first 10 days of February. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, Zaslav was talking about this at the the Q4 earnings call, like how they were ready for this. And yeah, I don't know. I love the game. I think the game is great. Yeah, I I haven't played it enough to to get a real solid foundation. Although, like I've told you, I see where the combat can be ext- is going to be can be extremely engaging. Yes. Uh, this now one of the thing, and this is not a knock on this game. It's just because I just finished God of War, and mm-hmm. I'm like so close to finishing Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> the voice acting of those are far superior. But that doesn't mean it's not it's it's like Hogwarts is good. Don't get me wrong. But coming from something as great as those two games, yeah. But that's why I haven't played it because I want to give this game my time. I don't want to get go back and forth between three games. I don't like doing oh, no. that. Who so, does that? Like I said, what kind I of psycho? Be, I'll does be finished. That? Yeah, I'll be finished with Red Dead probably this weekend, and that way maybe sometime I'll have a update on next week's podcast. I put ten hours in Hogwarts, <laughs> but. Yeah, this this game, it you, know, you talk about the uh, the the protests about this game and trying to trying to <laughs> prevent it from being bought and all this stuff and all these people doing that. Guess what? You failed. I, and, I'm going to be honest. Like, had there not been such like an uproar about it, I might not have gotten the deluxe edition pre order, like pre the pre pre order. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh. Um, I probably I would have waited till April. I would. I know I wasn't going to pre-order it until yeah. all of this happened. I mean, I was going to get it. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I was absolutely going to get this game. Well, I was going to get it for the, the Kidbot. I wasn't even going to get it. I wouldn't yeah. even. I. I had like no intention of playing it. <laughs> and how many people are like you, where it's like I had no intention of getting it, but because of this, I got it. And holy crap, this is actually it's a very good game. Really good. I like. Had I not been in Milwaukee all week, I would have probably logged another ten hours. Yeah, I'm. I am absolutely looking forward to this, and I'm glad to see this because this is the other thing. I, I, I am happy when good games get mm-hmm. the credit they deserve. Yeah, and with people with, and again with companies that put their heart, their sweat, you know, put their sweat, put their tears and blood and tears, and they're truthful with the audience. Mm-hmm. And I say truthful because of for. I went against my instincts and I bought Modern Warfare 2 
And it was my first Call of Duty game in like two or three years. Yeah. Because uh, and that was after getting them every year for 10 years because <laughs> they continually screw you and put put they don't care about the consumer. And after some of the stuff they're doing now, I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. So games like this, games like God of War Ragnarok, God of War, mm-hmm. games like Red Dead Redemption 2, I am all in on these type of games or Elden Ring, stuff like that where they don't try to screw you for every penny. They put yeah. their heart and soul in the games. I games like this need to need they really continually need to be yeah. you know highlighted. I was looking I was looking for ways to buy more money <laughs> in game and it's like <laughs> I don't think I can do this. What is happening? Yeah. Uh, I guess there's a mod where you can unlock the um Avada Kedavra or Abra mm-hmm. I don't know how you say it. In the God of Davida spell. And uh like like you can mod the it killing and, like, get it immediately and like just start killing bitches left and right. <laughs> so. Oh dude, that would that wouldn't be fun. I mean it would be fun to be that powerful, but it wouldn't be challenging. No. That's put it. Like the fun part is like you start with this super basic spell that is just literally an energy blast. And it's not very powerful and you know, you you really do have to learn how to like move the character and and be oh, yeah. nimble and and you know, um, float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to learn. So. And uh, going back to the games that deserve credit, mm-hmm. remember this game that we you got actually because of me called The Avengers. Yes. And how it was a live service game mm-hmm. with all this stuff that yeah. after the fact, I there was Sony did a state of play this week which i didn't realize until late last night and they they showcased the new kill the justice league game yeah everything i everything they said is basically the justice league game is going to be exactly like the avengers game it's a live service game okay which is a terrible idea and it it has that same four person thing which that part i didn't mind don't get me wrong i didn't mind playing with you know individuals or playing with bots whatever it's just that live service where they're going to try to nickel and dime you to death. Yeah. And so far, I, d- I haven't seen anything like that here. And again, there is one thing to offer right. stuff for purchase. Yeah. It's another thing like Activision does. It's another thing like the Avengers game did where they try to nickel and dime you right. after you already spent 60 and $70 for a game. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I played that game a little bit. I didn't get very far. It was fine. Like. I got it because yeah. you wanted me to get it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was it was fun. I actually I played it a lot yeah. for a while and then I kind of lost interest and but I'm I'm very happy to hear this about Hogwarts. Yeah. Twelve million units. I know. Congratulations uh, like to the team at Avalanche and Warner Brothers Games. Yeah. And yeah, they said it broke a record for how many millions of hours in the first two weeks. I think it was like two hundred and sixty seven million or eighty million hours played. So oh, setting wow. a Twitch record for single player games with 1.28 million peak concurrent viewers at launch. Yeah. That's some that's some serious numbers right there. Yeah, hell yeah. Cool. All right. Um moving on to what is going to be my new favorite topic for the next couple of weeks. Uh the Ant-Man box office watch. <laughs> So this has been a fun one to watch because the week before Ant-Man came out, they're like, this is going to be a $180 million movie. 
And then it got adjusted to a $160 million movie. And then it went down to, it's going to do the same thing as Dumb and Blunder. It's going to be around $150. <sighs> then it came out and they're like, it did $110. And it's since been adjusted to $106 <laughs> for the opening three-day weekend. Right? Yeah. And then when you got to adding in Monday, because Monday was President's Day, which was holiday, so they're like, oh, well, the four-day, they said it made two twenty or 125, and it only made 120, which meant on President's Day, the day off for kids all across the country, it only made $14 million domestically. <clears throat> yeah. So, I went to go see it on President's Day. Yeah. So you're the one. Um, <laughs> so here we are on day six. Uh, well, we have up to day six through Wednesday, February 22nd. It's sitting currently domestically at $131 million. Uh, internationally, it's 129 which means it's sitting at just over $261 million globally. Now, it has opened everywhere in the world. It did less than $20 million in China for its opening weekend. Um, so I was telling you about, I was kind of, I was talking to you about this earlier. So the Friday, Thursday, Friday did pretty decent, 46 million and it averaged, um, $10,000, almost $11,000 theater, um, at 4,345 theaters. Now, if we're looking at dumb and blunder, um, which is currently sitting at 760 million worldwide, God knows why, um, it, it, it followed a very similar track. It did 69 million on day one. And by day six, it did, it did 8 million for day six. Whereas Ant-Man on day six did just under 4 million. <laughs> so um, they, there was a lot of talk, a lot of hype about this movie and, and how it was going to be. And it's the, oh, this is the, uh, the start of the box office. This is start of, of phase five. Everything changes from here. But like we've we've talked about this off air like numerous times over the last few weeks. This movie's been done for for well over a year. Yeah. I mean it got so, pushed back a couple times. I'm sure they made some changes. There were some some things like that. But this movie, I, I mean I said it last week and I'll continue to say it is this is a fantastic foreign movie given to Ant-Man. Yes. And I don't need to see I, it to know that. Yeah, and I I even t I even read you a an excerpt from a review of mm -hmm. it that the guy said the exact same thing. So, yeah, and we again we talked about how the thing that made Ant Man cool and different is the small, and I don't mean this in a literal sense of you know mm -hmm. Ant Man shrinking, <laughs> but it's a small story. Right. It was self contained. Yes. So much like the first Iron Man movie, which which I like, you know, today, like we were talking, like the first Ant-Man could have easily been the first MCU movie and it would not have taken off like Iron Man did, but it definitely could have set Iron Man up to be even bigger than it was. Yeah, I because like you said, it had some of those same elements, the self-contained nature the some of the comedy which which was at that time it was well-timed comedy it wasn't overused right like we see now right. in too many of these movies 
it was it, it had that the, like the just the notes of comedy to seriousness to self-contained story that's not the end of the world or end of the multiverse or any of this garbage it was something that you could enjoy as as a movie itself not a movie leading right. up or connecting to right. all this other stuff I mean, the way the first Ant-Man connected to everything was when he went to Avengers Compound and, uh, you know, tussled with with Falcon. Right. And that was great. And that led to then what happened in Civil War and bringing Ant-Man into the larger, you know, you've just taken your first steps into a larger universe. (laughs) Um but yeah, so here's the thing, though, is I'm actually super sad about this. I mean, I love talking about this, but I'm super sad about this. But looking at this box office, right? So it was like day over day, right? It was down 27%, then down another 24%, then down 40, 45%, then down 50%, and then down 46% again. It's like, it's just losing, losing. Like, so Wednesday was 3 million. So like, again, looking at Thor, Dumb and Blunder, the day six Wednesday was eight million. It was in less theaters, so it did a little bit more. But by Wednesday, it was at one seventy-eight uh, million, one hundred seventy-eight million domestically, and this one's at one thirty-one. It's falling even further behind. Yeah. And if you look at the original Ant Man on day six, it was at seventy-six million. And keep in mind. Tickets back uh, when when the first Ant Man came out was that twenty fifteen, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the average ticket price was under nine dollars. Right now, the average ticket price is over thirteen dollars. So, about what I want to say, like it might have been like ten thousand, or it was significantly less. It was it was it was way less than ten, or way more than ten thousand. But ten thousand or whatever, significantly less people saw Quantum Mania than saw the first Ant Man, which in of itself was a huge risk for Marvel because of all the um, stuff that Edgar Wright was saying as the movie was coming out. Yeah. So, um, plus the other thing too is is the original Ant Man was like I don't know like a hundred million dollar budget and this one was over 200 million plus a two or three hundred million dollar ad campaign so I think the break even for this is like 650 yeah that's gonna be it's gonna be close <laughs> dicey that's a di- that's gonna be a dicey number for them to get to yeah. yeah so um I mean this could be their first like real 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 money loser like you know the Eternals, uh, Shang Chi were but, bad, but like this could be real bad because they did not have these kind of budgets. Was Eternals budget? Oh. Hundred million. What was it? Two hundred million. Okay, so. Um. Quantum Mania. Oh, Marvel Studios. And again, I don't know. If, yeah. Like I, it says Marvel Studios has revealed that it's 200, two, 200, 2021 movie Eternals was over budget with its cost coming to 272 million. Jeez. Okay. So yeah, that's even, that worse. was from Forbes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean like 
I mean, Quantumania has got a $200 million budget. Um, wow. God, why do they have to lie constantly? Wikipedia is saying it's 291 and the reported box office so far is 261. 291 is what it's made so far by That's, according to them. That according to um, noted fake news site Wikipedia. <laughs> So, I mean, that could be a typo, but I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, anyway, so, I, you know, here's the thing. I love Paul Rudd. What do I just call him? National treasure. Galactic treasure. Oh, sorry. Get oh, right. that's perfect for this film. Right. Um, but, and in, in we we both are big fans of Evangeline Lilly. Um, the girl that plays Cassie, who was recast as Cassie. Um, if you guys haven't watched Freaky, I highly recommend it. It's a very good movie. Um, so, yeah. I mean, this movie even and, brought back Corey Stoll. Come on. How yeah. could it not be, like, huge? And like I told you, I, I am a fan of just by what I saw with him in Lovecraft Country, Jonathan Majors. Yeah. And, I'm really looking forward he, to Jonathan Majors in, in Creed Three more than this. Because yeah. I did not like him as Kang in the Loki TV series. Well, it's it's not even the same character, yeah. basically. Well, right. I couldn't I mean, stand that that version yeah. of him. This version of him, I I know you won't watch this movie, but I think you would like what you saw, sure. and you would say he should have had a lot more time on screen. Yeah. He absolutely should have had more time. So, yeah, this movie is not going. This is not a good start. Like you said, like this is. Even though they want this to change, it would be a, a boost from Phase Five. They, it's it was made in that Phase Four timeline, right? Where well, yeah, this was supposed to be a part mistakes. of Phase Four. Yeah, so. yes, that's true as well. But yeah, and so. unfortunately, it still suffers from the same issues that a lot of those movies and TV shows do. If you look at the writer of this show of this movie. Yeah, it still has Peyton Reed coming back as director, yeah. but the script is absolutely terrible, and yes. some of the dialogue is atrocious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jeff. I mean, Loveness, the story itself. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Jeff Loveness is not, you know, not like he wrote for the Onion News Network. He wrote, for, he wrote for Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel or, yeah, he wrote for Kimmel. He wrote for the Emmys in the Academy and, and Awards. This, and he, this yeah. this article just this article just popped up. Yeah, on I Founding saw. I didn't. Comics. I didn't read it. It's on. It's on. Um, it's on the the Hollywood Reporter too. I'm just. I'm just, I'm just oh, yeah. gonna read yeah. what he says. This is just a quote from it. And I skimmed some of it. I think you. And this is why they had spoiler alert. Kang, this huge threat, defeated by Ant Man and the Wasp. I think you root for someone who knows defeat. Okay. Okay. Um, um, what? <laughs> exactly, and it doesn't. And I didn't read the whole article, but I skimmed through enough to know that this guy should not have been put in charge, even no. before, like even after this. This only solidifies why he should not have been put in charge right. of writing a movie like this. Correct. I mean, you like this is this is the problem, right? These are these are the entry level folks that. Marvel has decided to to put into, you know, essentially the the creative like stewards of what this is supposed to be. This is why I think Kevin Kevin Feige's time at Marvel probably should be up sooner rather than later. Um, 
you know, I mean, he he's he did Rick and Morty. He was he wrote a few episodes, several episodes. He was a supervising producer in 19 episodes and he did some voices in two episodes. Yeah. And then he did an episode he wrote an episode of Miracle Workers. Oh, that's the um, that's the one on TBS with Daniel Radcliffe, and he was a story editor for Seven. He wrote for the Emmys in 2012 and 2016, and he wrote for the Academy Awards in 2017. He was involved with Jimmy Kimmel for 238 episodes. He did a couple episodes of some Onion stuff, and then he was an actor. He was an extra in the office for um, young adult ministry deserter. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, like, yeah, no, the guy is, the guy has no fucking clue what he's doing when it comes to this. And, 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 and here's the thing though. Um, wait, hold on a second. Is he writing the Kang movie? Please God, no! It's Give that here. back to oh, McFeely uh, and uh, the the Infinity War writers. Yeah, please. Uh, okay, he's an American screenwriter, television producer, ask, actor, and comic book writer. What comic book? Okay, um, uh, who has worked in television series, blah blah blah, as well as Marvel Cinematic Universe, Ant Man and the Quantum Mania, and Avengers: The Kang Dynasty. Oh, I really hope he's not writing the Kang Dynasty. Let's see here. Um, okay, DC Comics, Justice League, Volume 4. Okay. Um, he wrote The Death of Superman for the Tales for the Dark, Dark Multiverse. Um, he wrote some Spider-Man. Oh, God. He wrote The Death of Wolverine, Life After Logan, number one. I never watched. I never read that. Um, Miles Morales, Spider-Man. He wrote in a backup story there. Oh, God. This guy. I swear. All right. Marvel. Hire people who know what they're doing. Hire people who like these characters. Hire people who understand that this was a Fantastic Four movie, not an Ant Family movie. And you know what? If you wanted to have Ant-Man in it, there was a version of the Fantastic Four where it was Scott Lang and Jennifer Walters as part of the Fantastic Four. That would have been very easy to do. Yes. And like, I, like I've told you, the story itself is actually yeah. – could act, it's a good story in there. Yeah. It's a mess of a movie. And, and, I, and I'm finding it's like it's one of those movies that – the further I get away from it, mm -hmm. the more angry I get because I absolutely see where this movie could have been excellent movie if they would have done the right things. It, it wasn't an Ant-Man movie, like you said. Right. It still could have worked. They just did too much. There's too many issues with it. Yeah. Um, and to, to things that just don't make sense. Sure. Well, here, let's uh, – speaking of things that don't make sense, um, MODOK. So there was a there was a bunch of Modoc silliness in this movie, right? Oh my god! So that 
So I, I'm saying this because uh, Variety did in it's uh, an interview. Modoc speaks how Corey Stoll played Quantumania's biggest scene stealer. Um, did they show Which, his butt? Is that was that something that happened? Not his, not his bare ass, but okay. they show. I don't think they like. They're like the oh, biggest like, scene stealer, but yeah, yeah. Whoever, the fact that this title of an article this this isn't there is nothing scene stealing about modok unless you count the fact that it's some of the worst cg that you've ever seen yeah oh yeah i mean the the character looks awful yeah like i said when he he had a a a battle mask if you want to or battle armor he looked fine yeah with that there was there there was i had no problems with the way he looked for that modok is a character that if you bring him anywhere live action you bring him animated he just is a in video games he is a silly looking character there's no way around that there's never going to be a way around to make him look cool Mm -hmm. but he looked fine with the battle mask on yeah the second they show Corey stole's face i think i said out loud like you've got to be kidding me (sighs) yeah because even though i saw it in the trailer it's it's another thing to see it on the big screen it, right. it was, it's even worse. And one, like I said, this character was absolutely 1000% unnecessary to be in this movie. Yeah. Or you could have just had Modoc. It didn't need to be Corey yeah. Stoll. You didn't need yeah. to make it, um, whatever Yellow Jacket's character's name was. It's kind of forgettable there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Darren Cross. Darren Cross. Thank you. Um, Darren Cross, who's oh. a great Ant-Man villain, who actually has a tie to Cassie Lang because he steals her heart. Oh, that's interesting. Well, because she she gets inundated with pin particles when she becomes mm-hmm. Stinger, so she can kind of like shrink and grow at like you know kind of without anything. And uh, he needs that to you know whatever cure whatever's going on with him. So, so. This 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 goes in line with this article, the whole Ant Man thing. Mm-hmm. Remember the first Ant Man? Why they told him he needs to wear his helmet? Because you go crazy if you don't. Well, you because because it's it's its own uh, like oxygen supply. Oh, because the oxygen molecules would be too big. He has this, they have their helmets off all the time in the quantum realm, and nothing is explained about it. Um, pitch meeting did a did a bit about that yeah which was hilarious we're gonna be taking our helmets off all the time just like this i'm so tired of that in in these movies see here's the thing don't don't hire actors don't hire like name actors to do this stuff hire name actors to do the voices of these characters that's fine if you're gonna keep doing that and it's just it's just lazy and cheap it's cheap and lazy um going back to modok yeah the my favorite thing about Modoc is he was in Marvel versus Capcom games, <laughs> and, and his pregame and his pre. I, I say this randomly. All you've probably heard me say yes. this, like with we've talked no about this. Yeah. yeah, like if you think I've evolved beyond the joys of murder, you'd be wrong. I love that line. <laughs> right. I just I, I I'll say that randomly, and people probably look at me like, okay, this guy's crazy. That's the best thing about Modoc. Yeah. I didn't. We did not watch. I can speak for you with this. We did not watch the Patton Oswalt Modoc no. film for various reasons. Or Car- Carlo, show on Carlo Hulu. tried to get me to watch it, and I was like, mm, no, 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 thank you. So one is Modoc, two it's Patton Oswalt, which I yes. used to. Yeah, 
he's done some great stuff, but you know, hey, he was great anyway. in Justified, so I will give him that as a net positive. But the rest of his existence is definitely a net negative on society. Yeah. So I will say this: the best part of this article, and I think you know what I'm going to say, mm-hmm. is I did not realize Corey Stoll is going to be in Rebel Moon. Yeah, and he's talking about the how massive the practical effects of that movie are going to be. Yeah. That's the best thing about that article because everything about Modoc just made me uh, grind. That really grinds my gears thinking yeah. about Modoc in this movie. So, yeah. Yeah. But the rebel moon is Zack Snyder. Yes. I have yes. Faith. You it's, do not worship at the altar of the Snyder. No, no I do not. But it's got Jimon Hutsu in it and Ed Skeeran. So there we know. go. Ray Fisher. Oh, he's in this? Yeah. I, I didn't realize he was in that. Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, I remember Charlie. I, I mean, I, I really like the cast of this. Yeah. I'm super excited for this movie. So. Still got a, what, got a year to go. but didn't, Well, not a year, but like 10 months. Yeah, when's it? December 22nd, 2023. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, 10 months from yesterday. Yeah. Part one. I should say. Oh, yeah. And then I guess they're scheduled to be shot back to back. All right. So speaking of uh, what happened to my voice there? Speaking of um, <laughs> speaking of kind of like just groaning about about things. Um, so um, we need to talk Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema <sighs> and Embracer Group. No more Lord of the Rings. Cut it out. Yes. Not, not. Um, Peter Jackson in the extended editions of Lord of the Rings did as good of an adaptation of any bit of historical literature. Well, not historical, liter- fiction, literal, literary fiction as could ever be done. I second that. Are they perfect movies? No, because The Return of the King has 42 endings. But dude, it was like it was only like 17 endings. But The Two Towers is the greatest movie Peter Jackson has ever made. That's I could I could I could say yes to that. It is it is Inarguable, the best well, movie I, he ever made. Well, I I could say I it's in the running with the Lord of the Rings or with the Fellowship. No, I would say I disagree. Yes. I, oh no, for you it's not, but for me it is. You have Gandalf coming back, and he's so high he doesn't even remember who he is. <laughs> <laughs> I would well, as far as the edit, <laughs> yeah, as far as no, the adaptation that's... goes. Don't mess with something that you're not. You know you're not going to be able to do better than what came before you. Right. And you're not. I. You're not. We we've seen what what Amazon did with that just horrid Rings of Power. And I'm not saying this would be as bad, but you're not going to. You're not going to get to the level of that Fellowship trilogy. You're just just leave no. it alone. 
So, so the Embracer Group is the company that owns the rights to Tolkien's Lord of the Rings books and The Hobbit. And they own the rights for gaming. Um, I'm sorry, for films, gaming, merchandise, theme park attractions, live productions. And it purchased the rights from Middle, Middle Earth Enterprises last year. So Warner, Warner Discovery, WBD, is so desperate for hits in franchises, they're gonna they're gonna take and they're gonna they're gonna ruin that. Um, they want their next Harry Potter. They're gonna do the Cursed Child. Um, yes. And then, like, I I will not be I, I would not be shocked if we get if they just back like Fort Knox up to Christopher Nolan and be like, we need three more of your Batman movies with Christian Bale. Ah. Like seriously, I like I would not be surprised on that. So, um, yeah, I was just gonna say if I'm honest, it every it just looks like what you're basically saying. It's like they're just trying to have a dartboard and throw shit at the wall to see what sticks and what's right. what what does well right. because it just seems it it's just it's like chaos here. Like mm-hmm. You're you're advertising all of this stuff and it just doesn't seem. You have the James Gunn thing. It, like it, none of this stuff seems like there's a there's no definitive plan. plan. Th- it's not even is, part of a plan. This is the Colonial Fleet versus the Cylons. The Cylons they had a plan. We heard about it at the beginning of every episode. It said they had a plan. The Colonial Fleet no plan, none whatsoever. They're just how did that end up? jumping around space trying to get to where they are. Luckily, there was a guy named Leah Dama who is the hero of everything. So he went a little crazy. He saw an angel version of Starbuck. That's fine. But like <laughs> anyway, uh, so I guess New Line has an animated series, The War of the Rohirrim. Hiram, sorry. Um coming out in 2024 and um yeah so they're 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 going to be working closely um i i hope they talk to peter jackson because uh well apparently amazon asked him for help but then they didn't follow up (laughs) like really so but here's the thing is is the showrunner for um, the rings of power, or as I like to call it, the ring of poop, um, came out and said that they knew better than Tolkien about what and who his characters are and that they would do it for a modern age. This modern age bullshit. Well, did you see the modern age and Frank's diary animated movie I did not. that they're doing? So no. it's it's like... It's still taking place during World War II and, and everything, but it's it's written as if she were a girl from today. So vapid and vain and, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it says here, um, I, I, I do like this because they do bring up the, the rings of poop. 
Um, one question the new series, uh, the new series of films will face is how to convince audience to go to the theaters if they can get their fix at home. Well, I'll tell you right now, Hollywood reporter, nobody's getting their fix at home because outside of that first episode, nobody watched the rings of poop. Um, it says here, one big difference is Amazon is focused on the second age thousands of years before the events of the films. Again, false. They have taken and they have condensed it all into a very short amount of time. And then they took all of the good stuff that Tolkien wrote and said, we know better and made a bunch of shit up. Um, the movie rights have focused on the third age when the best known events happened to the most beloved characters uh, and the most beloved characters lived. It's possible that Warners could focus on new stories centering around Tolkien's big guns, such as Gandalf, Bilbo, and Aragorn. Um, I would say this. I would be interested, and again, you have to stay true to who the character is in, in his reluctance to be king, but like, just caught Lord of the Rings Strider and watching Aragorn um, abdicate his throne, essentially, or abdicate his, his, his title or, or whatever you would call it, and going off to do good as a as a raider throughout a ranger sorry yeah. throughout the uh throughout middle earth yeah okay so there's yeah there's two aspects of this where i could say one there's no aspect there is no chance that i want them to touch the lord of the rings trilogy in right. any way shape right. or form right now what you said and then when i was just thinking about the war of the rohirrim the animated movie right i don't mind something like that no that tells a different story it, it, and it could be as, I mean, I guarantee you it'll probably be better than freaking Rings of Power. And I say that because there's an animated the movie Hobbit. on Netflix about, well, well, oh. there's an animated movie on Netflix about the Witcher yeah. series that takes place like 100 years before, you know, Geralt becomes the Witcher mm-hmm. or something like maybe 50 years. It's better than the first two seasons of the Witcher. Is there only one Witcher? No, there I are never several really Witchers. understood that. Like, is Witcher like no. a mantle that's passed down, like Batman or Captain America or Iron no. Man? <laughs> <sighs> no, the Witcher is more like Green Lanterns. Like, you okay. get, you have multiple Green Lanterns. Is like, there, I know they. Is still there a, a Witcher core? Sectors. Yeah, there's a school. It's like the school of the cat, school of the bear, yeah. school of the wolf. So when there's one like dies, does the sword schools. go find the next like likely <laughs> like Witcher? No. <laughs> the problem with the the problem with the Witcher <laughs> is that the the way to make them was lost, and that's the whole uh, point of okay. Geralt is the white wolf because one, his hair is white because, mm-hmm. and he's the most he's basically the most powerful Witcher in Such that, that's still suit. alive. Yeah. But uh, so yeah. But it's so he's like, like he's like LeBron. He's like the current goat. But when you compared him to like old Witchers, they're like Psh, kid, nah, not even close. <laughs> Witcher, please. You, <laughs> Witcher, please don't bring that silliness to the paint. <laughs> but uh, we don't we don't deal with any of that flopping and the little push magic. We pull air out of people's lungs. Um, yeah. It's a here style. But no, I think uh, I, here's the thing. Is as long as they steer clear of anything that breaks canon. Yes, Star Wars. I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> I this could be interesting, right? Uh, yeah. Stick to TV series. Don't do movies. 
Yeah. Stick to animation. And I just don't do live action. I one thousand percent there. There, there is definitely an avenue because if you go to the movie, the movie wet route, you're going to fail spectacularly. I, I, because I don't trust these people, and not I don't mean just the Lord of the people like under Lord of the Rings. I mean Warners in general and how they have handled other properties over these last few years, particularly the DCU. And I don't think they have, they don't have the leadership. They don't have the direction right. or vision. I mean, to look pull what they did like to Dune. <sighs> it Dune looks, could have been great. Dune looks like Dune is supposed to look right. It's the closest mm-hmm. I feel like yes. we've got to the look of what Dune is. The Dune story that Denis Villeneuve gave us is not Dune. It's just not, and he. It's like and the changes like, he made, right? Were, and the care, and he called himself a lifelong fan of Dune, right? Then why is Cheney in the first movie? Why is Cheney Ir- the first voice that we hear? Yeah, and then Erlen is finally coming in in the second movie. Yeah, so. But I do think it's interesting that they recast Bill Skarsgård for Austin Butler. That Although I do think Austin Butler will make a pretty good Fade Rotha. He played Elvis. Yeah. I still so. need to watch that movie. It's actually not bad. Yeah. Like Oh no, I've I've heard I've, like it's yeah. a great little fever dream. Um Tom it's <laughs> no, I won't spoil anything. Um no, funny enough, just a quick yeah. aside, Austin yeah. Butler played in the awful uh MTV world the Shinar series. Uh, Interesting. Which, interesting. Oh my gosh. Talk about mate for modern age. Yeah. So, he, okay, hear me out. This could actually be kind of cool is if they did a Lord of the Rings, like literally futuristic, like what happens when Middle Earth grows up, gets technology, mm-hmm. and then Sauron comes back and they don't know how to deal with it. And they have to like go and like find the answers in the Shire. But the Shire has been abandoned for years because there's nowhere. There's only like five hobbits left in the world, and then they have to like track them down, and they save the day. That could be cool. That's actually a good. But I, you I can't actually, do like, you can't do any like human current nonsense. You can't. No, I was like, just about to say like you, you can't cannot have an go allegory for Afghanistan or Ukraine. No. You know. By the way, Catherine Winnick, fuck off. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I am not, I am not super offended by this, right? I, I just, I don't trust the people involved. That's my big it's issue. It's that right there. It's that right there. So, I don't trust them. Okay. All right. Um, speaking of not trusting, <laughs> oh, you're far too trusting. Do I fall too trusting? Um. I forgot to put the last of us in the, uh, in the episode index. All right. Um, all right. So the last of us season one, episode six is called Ken. Um, we have the girl from true blood showing up who played Tara, um, who is hooking up with ghost rider. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm just gonna refer. I'm just gonna refer to these people as character. That's all I'm gonna do with actors now. I'm just gonna refer to them. Mando, Ghost Rider, right? You got Tara Man, from we got uh, Mando and Ghost Rider and Tara uh, from True Blood. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, so and the little bear. <laughs> yes. Uh, she's a bear. <laughs> um. You know, the episode started pretty good with uh, when they found that couple and they were trying to figure out where they were and how to get to, you know, get to Jackson and, and everything. And uh, it was uh, it was funny. Like the wife was great. She was the best part of the entire episode when yeah, uh, I, I don't know how hostage. many times in that little in, in that one scene where I said, I really like her. Right. She <laughs> was awesome. And tell the truth. Did you tell the truth? Uh huh. <laughs> The right truth? Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't want to live here. You brought me out here. Uh, Let's be honest. I would have much rather seen a side story with those two than Bill and Frank. Right? <laughs> so I mean, they were so good together. Yeah. For that okay. little, what, See, here's the thing. Scene? All right. Just, again, hear me out. DLC. Go to iTunes tomorrow. Yeah. Nine ninety nine. You get an hour-long episode of, like, these two characters. I would absolutely. I would 100% watch that. I, I would not have hesitated to buy that. Um, so <laughs> yeah. anyway, uh, so this is the, like they've been on the road for three months since um, Sam got bit and, and Henry offed himself. Um, there's a death river apparently. Um, you know they get to they get towards Jackson and. Um, I guess they don't have the little scanner thing. They just use dogs to see if mm -hmm. people are infected. So, you know, hmm. yeah. I don't know. This was, I don't know if that's how it was in the game. Um, well, the, that's what I'm trying to recall. That's one of those parts where, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens, like the, like, you know, finding Tommy and, and Maria which was obviously Ray Spent character, but uh, oh, is like it? a lot of that happened in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I, I don't know about. I don't remember. I'm trying to think about the dogs. There were dogs definitely in that game, and little yeah. bastards were annoying as hell. But so, um, yeah. So this, uh, this, I don't know. So just real quick, this episode was uh, written by Craig Mazan again. And uh, directed by Jamila Zabnik. Um, and with a name like Jamila Zabnik, if you look at her picture on um, Wikipedia, she looks exactly like you think she would look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is her first television credit. She's done, um, she's Serbian. Uh, wait, let, hold on, let me get that right. Um, sorry, not Serbian. She's Bosnian. Um, <laughs> My apologies. Uh, she was born in Sarajevo, but um, she uh, she's done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. She's done like fifteen movies from over there, um, for the most part. Um, and you know it's kind of sporadic, starting from nineteen eighty five through twenty twenty. Now she's doing this. She's won several awards, you know, great. But I I think there's a couple things that I had issues with this. Uh one, they uh 
they gave Joel like what you thought was maybe a heart problem, right? Um, but he's having panic attacks. Yeah. Why? And that was why the, the, the apocalypse is hard enough. Now you're just like, let's just throw the struggle bus at him and, and, and then throw another struggle bus at him. And then for good measure, a third struggle bus. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and we talked about this off air as well in the sense of and a lot of writer and even good writers have this sometimes where they overdo throwing uh issues at them at their characters yeah it's it's all nice and dandy and i understand look i get what they're trying to do here i would say it it wasn't necessary because the whole point of him having that was him to have that conscience that uh that crisis where he thinks that tommy is better suited right to help uh, our girl Ellie mm-hmm. to get to where she's going, well, and right. then he has to. But you, did you really need him to have those panic attacks? No, to get there. And, and and you know the fact that like Tommy's new wife, baby mama, soon to be baby mama Maria is pregnant. You know there there's just there's so much that like you just didn't need to do that, and you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just honestly, I think, I think if they had waited until the end of the season to get to Jackson, this episode might have done a little better, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so we uh, we have we have all of this. I I think. You know, they were just trying to like, they were trying to artificially create like some sort of like empathy from the audience for Joel. Like when there was the woman with the big poofy hair like Sarah's and it's like, you know, it's like, oh, maybe she survived. It's like, no, that's no, that's not her. Like she would be much older than that woman. Um, (laughs) But uh, I I don't know. It's just I, I felt like some of this episode was really lazy. I, I don't know if I would call it lazy other than I, I guess you could argue what I was just talking about with the Joel throwing another spanner in the works of his panic attacks or what have you that that I thought I, again, I will say that to me, that was wholly unnecessary. Mm -hmm. I think this, I don't, it didn't really drag on. I, I did like this episode. Don't get me wrong. And I think this episode did more, had less filler. Yes. For that's instance, true. Than that's what very we got. true. Because it just all, felt more like an other... ending, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think like kind of shaping it around where they would have found the fireflies, um, base and it's abandoned. And then, they make their way to mm-hmm. uh, to Jackson and, and inadvertently find Tommy. Yeah. One of the things I will say is that this episode was extremely close, like I said, to yeah. what we got in the game. Like so, from the fact of, 
you meeting Tommy, mm-hmm. the argument that which uh, by the way, I that the back and forth between Joel and Ellie in in the room where he basically says, yeah. And I remember watching playing this in the game where he says it. I'm like, dude. He's like, yeah, you're you're not not you're not my daughter. You're nothing like her or whatever. Right. Like that was just that was such a dick move, right? But it was. I mean, here's and, the thing. And again, like it's a cool scene because like these two actors actually do have like chemistry. Like it's kind of yes. weird that they're dating in real life now, but you know. <laughs> That that was kind of like putting Leo and Leonardo DiCaprio in perspective. I can't unsee that, man. I right? can't unsee that. But like from there to them going to the college, and there was so much of, of this episode where, and that's where I think I, I, I see where you're coming from. Where because I know you said we were, was it yesterday or today we were talking, say it's kind of boring. I see where you're saying that. I yeah. I, did, I think I did like this a little bit more than you did. Um, what do you give this? I, so I appreciate of, it. Out of five Death Rivers, what do you give this one? <laughs> Death River. I give it a three. Uh, okay. it, it's. I I did like the fact that, other than maybe one thing, stuff mattered, yeah. and the stuff that was an aside, like the couple in the beginning, mm-hmm. that was just a two minute scene. Yeah, that was it. Two or three minute scene that was very entertaining, and it was. It, it was important because they got pushed in the right direction. They and could they have got done the exact of... same thing with Bill. Yes, they absolutely could have. Um, I gave it a 2.75. I liked it a little better than last week's. Um, I I did not like it as much as episode four. Um, so I went right in the middle. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that's fair. Even though I hate doing that, you know, I hate doing the like the fractional <laughs> other than the <laughs> halves but it's like like i liked it more than a 2.5 but i didn't like it enough or let's be honest you've done a couple like i'll give this a (laughs) (laughs) 3.12 anyway um but no i mean i yeah i at, at the end of the day like i do i do like watching this show um but i do think and it's not the writing it's the direction that sometimes things drag because yes. they don't it's not that they need to move faster they just need to use the time more economically on screen yes i wholeheartedly agree so it's um it, it's it's i don't know but like again it's kind of like we know what's coming <laughs> um because they're going to follow the game. And I don't think you can do this show without Pedro Pascal. Yeah, I, he is. And I hate saying I was, that. I hate saying well, that. I hate it so much. I, I will say, and, <laughs> oh, and again, wait, wait, wait. I said this in the. How dare you? <laughs> I anyway. said this in the first episode where I, I thought he did a good job, but I didn't. I never got the alpha nature of Joel from him early on. Right. I have to say that, and again, I, I'd always like, even though I thought he did a good job in those episodes, I just it felt like something was missing from Joel. Mm-hmm. And I think he's found his rhythm of being this character and Bella Ramsey. And the, and the, like you said, just a minute ago, the chemistry, the two of them have together. 
right. just makes like I'm I'm always fascinated watching them on screen. That's why when we talk about the filler stuff, as good as you know, as good as Nick Offerman was and Murray, I forgot the his other name were and you know, it's Frank and Bill. Mm-hmm. It was still took away from what the importance of this show or right. of the of the story itself. It's Joel and Ellie. We don't need a 45 minutes, 50 minutes of these two guys that are going to have almost zero effect on their lives. We didn't need this flashback with Kath- was it Kathleen or Catherine or whatever her name was. Kathleen. From Kathleen from Kansas City. Right. Or we didn't need that because it took away from Joel and Ellie. And that's why I like this episode more than those last couple, because it did it despite. And again, like you said, despite some directional challenges that they, the decisions, I should say, seeing the Joel and Ellie and seeing how things came to a head with them and how it looked like they were going one way and, and the strife between them, it was still all about Joel and it was still about Joel and well, and Tommy too, Joel and Tommy right. as well. But overall, everything, almost everything that happened in this episode meant something to the journey that our two main characters are taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, cool. Well, anything else you want to add? No, I just everybody knows this is this episode this coming up is going to be another flashback. However, it's it's part of the Left Behind DLC. Mm-hmm. It's actually called this Left actually, Behind, and it's the yeah. only one that's written solely by Neil Cuckman. So, um, and it's directed by Liza Johnson, who has worked on some short films. Did something with feature films? I don't know. This person's filmography on uh, on Wikipedia is kind of sad. Um, worked on the Good Girls Revolt. I don't know what that is. American Horror Story for like a lot of just like one and two again. Like this this person's like totally entry level. Who's directing this? So, um, yeah, again. The Sex Lives of College Girls. Okay. Um, that's a show on HBO Max, by the way. Um, yeah, so I'm not... I don't know. We'll see. I, I, don't, I don't know about the DLC. I, I didn't play it. I didn't get it. I mean, I think I might have it now because of the PlayStation Network. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's, it's honestly a fun... It's, it's, it's a DLC for a reason. Yeah, and I I think this episode I, despite it being straight from the game, mm-hmm. because a lot of times we complain about stuff not yeah. coming from it's still a, it's a DLC part of this. Mm-hmm. This is an episode that I don't think is necessary. Does it now? It's more focused on the main character, so it's more understandable getting this episode than say the Bill and Frank episode. But yeah. at the end of the day, is it really going to matter? Is it going to change? How much is it going to change seeing some of Ellie's past for us to understand her or to get her, to get in her corner or any yeah. of that? It's I, it's not going to change much. That's And that's where sometimes you have to think of that. Like, what is this going to add to our character's arc? Mm-hmm. 
and that's the problem I have with this. I don't because I, I didn't I never finished it. Don't get me wrong, but I played enough of it, and it was a, a fun little side quest. That's all it was. How is Neil Druckmann the creative director for Uncharted Four and the writer? How? Explain that to me. I didn't know that. How does this happen? How is this world a thing? <laughs> it's like the um like he was a programmer on Jack 3 and on Jack X Racing. How? Mm-hmm. What is Jack and Daster the Final Frontier? The Lost Frontier? What is it? I'm sorry. <laughs> um I'm just I'm going down a rabbit hole. Uh I was on PlayStation Plus. That's our PlayStation whatever the portable. Um yeah, I just I don't I don't I don't I don't know. I uh I want here's the thing is I want this show to be so good. Right? I really do. Mm-hmm. Like cuz I just want there to be good prestige television, right? And it it's so close. It's so close to being great. It really is. But it's just yes. good. In in there's nothing wrong with it just being good. But in 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 two what three weeks? Yeah, three weeks. So in four weeks, we're going to get maybe five weeks. We're getting secession back, which is one of the best things HBO has ever done. And it would be great if this kind of was like to quote Brian Danielson, got on the level. Or to paraphrase Brian Danielson, <laughs> yeah. you know, like Succession looks at this show and says, "You're not on my level." <laughs> and for for anyone who's calling this a masterpiece, and you know, like all of the all of the the hoopla that that you're giving this chef's show, kiss, yeah, all chef's those, kiss, all those yeah. work terms that no, I said, it, I just, it I'm is done with. This is a it's a good show. Yeah, it's worth watching. It's not great. You know what? When when March thirteenth rolls around, I will. This will be deleted from my brain because, like, I really have to go back and read the um, the descriptions to talk. And like, I have to go back and I have to look at what I ranked last week's because I just don't think about it. I don't remember it. Yeah, yeah, so. it, and and that's like they say, like, what's the quote? Good is an enemy of great. Yeah, this is an entertaining show. Mm-hmm. There is there are there have been very few moments, very few. Yeah. That if you if you if you tag us a month from now, a month from this show being over, that we're going to point to and be like, that was awesome, or that was really really well done, and I remember that. Like I mean I mean off the bat, like if you give us time to think, obviously you can we can think of stuff, but. Off the rip, when you say, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of The Last of Us TV show? And that's how you look at stuff. Oh, that, I mean, you, that you have, clicker putting the little tentacle things from its mouth in Tess's mouth. That's the only thing yeah. I'll remember about this I mean, show. For, think of a, a, a movie, and you, you can do this with Succession. I haven't seen it, so I can't. But look at a Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. How, many to- how many things that we can name off the bat that was just amazing aspects of Game of Thrones. I had the Battle of the Bastards scene where John has Longclaw out 
while Stop. the hold on, listen, while the uh, the horses are riding at him as the background on my computer, my yeah. tablet, and my phone for a year. Yes. And when I said stop, because that was my first thought when I just said Game of Thrones and thinking of moments when, of Game of when Thrones. When Ned Stark got beheaded, like I had that as a background. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like Arya, like, you know, the North sends its, you know, you know, or like, you know, the, yeah. what was it? The North sends its regards or when she was just looking down gleefully as Walter Frey bled out in her hands. Um, Leave one wolf alive. The yeah. sheep are never safe. Right? So, um, yeah. Sansa, the in- entire second half of the season, like, you know, she the way she just grows and learns, like, she might have the greatest character arc on that show. It's amazing. Yes. Um, and and she was a character I could not stand. Nobody could stand. I mean, you know, I mean, part of that is because, you know, Sophie is kind of just, I don't know, annoying. Um but yeah, you know, Catelyn Stark in 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 Cersei Lannister, like actively mm-hmm. like seeing who can make the seven kingdoms worse. Yeah. In real time. Like who can fuck things up more? That was like, you know, I'll never forget that. Um Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh Daenerys, the the first time you heard the one of the dragons went uh when she was like uh Jakaris. Right. Yeah. There's so many things. Or when she's but, in the house of the undying and she says Dracarys and they, they're shooting the fire and then the, the chains just melt off of her. Yeah. That's so cool. There is all black. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. There's so many moments like that. like that. This doesn't it, have, it's that. not iconic. You know what I've said so far? So, you know, six episodes in, I was like, I, I, I go back to that. The, the, where the clickers and the bloater mm-hmm. come out. I keep, I say that was really cool. Because it was. Yeah. It was a really cool. But they haven't acted on it since. But yeah. And but what else do we have? And that's the thing. Why we say it's good. Right. But is it memorable? No. I mean, and it, that's it, it passed the three episode test. Right. We hit episode yes. three and I was like, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to, to invest my time for 50 minutes a week in this show. Yes. More than happy to right. do it. Um. I don't care well, about the gay shit. That doesn't bother me. What bothers me is that it was just a complete filler episode that did nothing. This is not a nine episode series. This is a six and a half episode series. Yeah. So I will make it so I will compare it to something I'm watching and you're not watching. Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which I told you I thought was a decent Star Trek show. There's some issues. Did you obviously. upgrade to the commercial free plan? No, I have not. Does, I did not. Do, are there commercials when you watch that? Yes. It's like two commercial breaks, and they're like 90, 80 uh, seconds or something like that. Okay, I'm going to need you to upgrade. So, I, I have the commercial free plan that I share with you. I'm going to need you to to match my energy here if you want me to watch this shit. <laughs> so, no. I'm just saying. It, this is, I mean, if I'm, if I'm not going to like it, I, I don't want to watch commercials either. No, but what I'm saying <laughs> is so strange new worlds – is 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 a little bit it's right around the last of us yeah while only two episodes in granted it's two episodes picard is more like season three of picard yeah we're not there's only one season of picard the current season <laughs> and it's more like i mentioned with game of thrones there are several things that have happened already where it's like oh wow that is i'll remember that yeah three months from now mm-hmm. 
while Strange New Worlds, yeah. as I'm, inter- I'm entertained, there's nothing I'm going to remember about that show, except I do like right. Anson Mount as uh, Christopher Pike. Like That's you pretty had, much it, right? You had House of the Dragon, right, as an example. Mm-hmm. We will never forget that dragon biting the other dragon to pieces and it falling <laughs> to the ground. You will never yes. forget... Um, the Matt Smith lookalike Three character strong losing his eyes or his eyes. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. The, 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 what Matt, what, what, um, Matt Smith does to, uh, Rainera in the, in the brothel. Like that is an iconic yeah. scene. That is, that might be one of the most villainous things that's ever happened on television. What he did to his yeah. niece. That, that was, yeah. So that's, and then yes. he gives her babies. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> And and his wife so, going to her yeah. dragon and yeah. saying, telling her to, to do like Dracarys the dragon, yeah, to kill her, yeah, stuff like that. Last of Us is mm-hmm. entertained as, and and I it do just like this show, that. yeah. It doesn't have that, not yet at least. Yeah. It has, like I said, the one scene where the bloater and then that was the cool, really cool scene, yeah. and I will remember that. But that's it. See, so I already far. forgot which episode it happened in. I, I actually don't know what episode that happened so. in. <laughs> All right. On that note, we out. <laughs> <laughs> so I should just be like, on that note, and just end the episode. Just like, doop. <laughs> well, too bad you don't have a uh, a sound bite of the, <laughs> and then cut it off. I mean, my I had my old ringtone was the internet dial-up tone. <laughs> Oh, dude, that's oh. memories right there. That was great. Anyway, all right, uh, we'll be back next week with more of this middling to fair show. <laughs> um, and if Daryl updates to the commercial free plan, I might actually watch um, Strange New Places in in Picard. Uh, I, I would say watch Picard. Whatever you have to. You have, I'm not. I'm not watching commercials. I'm. I'm. I'm a, a man of. <laughs> Find haste and my 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 time is important. I might have to do that if we're going to start watching the Yellowstone and all those in 1883. And oh yeah, because I'm t- like these commercials are like mm-hmm. uh, there's not a lot, but I'm two minute commercial yeah. breaks. I'm just like, do you have you, the man. commercial version of P- oh, well, All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Have a good have a good right. week. We'll see you later. Bye. See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.